So hi guys and welcome to the Growth Point TV podcast. Um, this is episode one actually. Um, I'm very excited as I'll be interviewing Tatenda Mungofa. He's got an exciting uh, business story that I've invited him on the podcast to share with us. Um, just so that you understand how this podcast will go. Uh, the first segment, I'm just going to ask Tatenda just to talk about his current company, Moreza Auto. Uh, and then the second segment, I'll ask him just to share with his, his personal growth story um, and how any lessons and any words of advice he can possibly share with us, the audience here. So just the first question. Um, so when did you start Moreza? And um, can you just tell us a bit of the backstory of your current company that you're involved in? Okay, thank you so much for having me on the show, uh, Godfriend TV. Uh, thank you for all the viewers and listeners. Uh, and Happy New Year to you guys. Um, we hope that this year is going to be a better year than the ones that we've previously seen, um, especially in the wake of the COVID pandemic. I'll just uh, take the initiative and say, mask up. You know, uh, COVID is very real. We just have to be responsible uh, for ourselves and for each other. But uh, to answer your question, uh, Moreza dates back as far as uh, 2011, uh, officially. The company uh, has its roots in Zimbabwe, uh, because that's, uh, that's my home country. That's, that, that's where I belong, really. Mm. So 2011, that's when I first registered Moreza um, in Zimbabwe, with the intention of manufacturing cars when I was very young. Um, and and, and uh, literally my, my friend is the only person who really believed that uh, we could do this. So we registered the company together. Then um, we tried to, to, to look at uh, how to, to develop um, uh, a concept. Uh, I, I used to sketch a lot of uh, vehicle concepts. So we tried to look at how to develop a concept. And then we sketched, uh, I sketched um, a pickup truck. Um, there's a very popular image that's taking place on the internet, uh, a yellow pickup truck that I did. Yeah, uh, yeah I've seen that one. Mm. Yeah, so... Foreign, but uh, we, we realized uh, after a few years that uh, it wasn't feasible at the time in Zimbabwe um, to, to make such, such a product. Uh, then we, we saw the opportunity in South Africa because that was an active uh, automotive industry. Yeah. And we decided to take our idea there for the sake of being benchmarked with uh, what's happening in the industry globally. Because uh, in South Africa, you find there are players like BMW, Toyota, yeah. uh, Nissan, Mercedes-Benz, VW. There's about eight OEMs there. So if you want to do something uh, in any industry, my, my thinking is it's wise to start off at the correct benchmark. And we wanted to also understand the dynamics of the value chain of an automotive industry. So we, we, we then uh, migrated the project to, to South Africa uh, in 2016. Okay. And, and, and I had other people buy into the business, uh, angel investors who, who put in some, some financing into it for that stage of the business. So between 2016 and, and, and now, we were developing what we call the back-end process of, 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 of uh, a manufacturing business, establishing a value chain mm. where we are interacting with um, a different set of investors in any business, um, which is the, 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 the suppliers, stakeholders, um, and service providers. Because you can't uh, imagine to do a business or any business without anyone supplying you something if yeah. you're going to be retailing some components. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, if you want to start a, a supermarket, you can't start it without knowing where you're going to get the bread. From. So you're going to need to talk to, to a bakery to say, okay, can you supply me with bread? You're going to need to talk to another company for something. So that, that's the process we have been uh, uh, doing. So uh, th that's been our journey, really, um, from 2011 up, up to date. Uh, so we officially launched our brand last year. Oh. Uh, to, to to then start engaging with the external market because we are now ready. Uh, we are at pre-production stage. We are ready to, to start producing vehicles that will then eventually give to the market in Africa. 
Okay, uh, excellent. I think you, you've really touched on a lot of things I was going to ask you in this intro. So in, in terms of um, you are, you're currently the, the CEO of the group, um, how many staff at the moment are you currently employed? Are you currently employing? And um, how, where are you in terms of starting production, that sort of thing? We just want to give us a bit of background on that. To answer your question, to answer your question of uh, what, what's our staff complement, so currently we've got 12, uh, okay. 12, 12 employees in the business, yeah. uh, including myself. Uh, we do have uh, 15 uh, consultants that work uh, in and around us in different committees from design, finance and investment, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and uh, technical production staff. So uh, we are supported by an ecosystem of, of professionals who have been in the industry for over 40 years plus. Okay. Um, so they bring a lot of experience. We do have partnerships as well uh, that uh, exist. Uh, for example, the one we have with, uh, with uh, our, our Iranian uh, suppliers, who we have contracted to, to make our, our initial bodywork for the vehicle, uh, which we call... Um, uh, SKD kits. Okay. So we're outsourcing that. Yeah, we're outsourcing that part at the moment. So by extension, with that partnership, we do then uh, multiply our workforce. But Mureza as a standalone entity has got twelve permanent uh, employees. Then um, growing through the partnerships that we have and the ones that we are we are creating as well, I yeah. think we we still extend ourselves to the two hundred uh, uh, employee mark. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. So you're looking to create jobs, which is why I think pretty sure a lot of people will be happy to hear. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just going back a bit on, on the production side of things, because I was doing some research and you said you plan to start off assembling and manufacturing in South Africa, then go to Zimbabwe and go and eventually Botswana. You correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll answer the first part of the question this way. Yeah, sure. We've got a, uh, our base, our home is, yeah. is in South Africa uh, okay. of the business. So that's where production is kicking off this year. Um, and we are aiming to have a production capacity of around 1,000 uh, vehicle units per, year, per, per month. Sorry. Okay. So that's, that's our initial trajectory. However, we, we've got uh, a secondary plan plan to have another plant in Zimbabwe to, to help cope with demand because we've noticed that Zimbabwe is a very key market yeah. and the demand is equal. At this stage, the demand is actually higher. And we've projected over the next five years that that demand will only increase the more we produce. So we've already started negotiations with certain partnerships. Um, and, and allow me at this point also to correct a narrative that most okay. people uh, are dealing with. Last yes, year, we went to Zoom uh, for a trial period with, uh, with stakeholders there, uh, case in point, Wheel of Motor Industries. Mm-hmm. We, we had intentions of manufacturing cars there and we had uh, signed contract with them. But that relationship did not work out um, because... Um, it, it it wasn't it wasn't a correct fit for us okay. at the time. Okay. Um, so we mutually agreed that uh, for the time being we can pose that. So we are pursuing a different avenue as we speak, which is uh, going to be announced soon. That uh, we'll see us producing at the very least about twenty vehicles uh, a day in, okay. in in Zimbabwe. So we'll keep you updated on that, or you can check on our socials. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Now, as far as Botswana and all other countries are concerned, yeah. we are taking a very measured approach. Remember, we are we are we are still starting. Uh, yeah, 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 so yeah. excellent. One factory is hard enough, you yeah. know, uh, to, to to set up, and and um, the countries are dynamic. But also, there's something very important that happened on the first of January, which is the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, mm-hmm. which opens up the. Um, uh, the borders, so to speak. Uh, we've always known that these borders were posed on us. We never really defined them ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so by so doing, we sort of like, in our plans, we have removed the borders and we, we put factories or plants in locations that are strategic. So 
based on the um, positioning or location of Botswana as a as a country currently, mm-hmm. we won't quickly say we are going to put a factory there because of the measures of economy of scale. But if they yeah. if there is a demand and it prompts us for us to set up a factory there, then we can look into that. And I know narratives have also gone gone out where people assume that we are going to be having factories in other places, which might not necessarily be accurate. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have intentions of producing cars for every country in Africa. We have intentions of setting up uh, parts of our business across Africa. But uh, we have to have a very measured and calculated approach before we invest in it. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, that really clarifies it. Yeah. Because if if you go back, I think from my understanding, we had Willowville Motors and on the Mutari side, we also had Quest Motor Corporation. And I'm not too sure, are those companies still operating at the moment from your understanding, how the Um, situation is in Zim? I I was last in Zim in December 2019. So I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if they are still operations, but uh, I believe that Quest Motors uh, is, is 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 functional um, mm. uh, as per their website. Mm. Uh, with the Willowbrook plant, I'm not too sure at the moment. I I, I had uh, mm. uh, via media platforms that they they, they were going through an, a takeover process yeah. by, by some other investor. So I'm not sure of that. Um, mm. That they. they they, they seem to be assets uh, that are active, and, yeah. and we with time, I think, uh, synergies can be formed with them. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we still have a good relationship with them. It's yeah. just that um, looking at, at the case now, as, as things stand, mm. it's, 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 very, um, it's, it's very critical for us to, to look at who, who is at the same level as us. Yeah, yeah, of, I understand. Uh, yeah. yeah. The only reason I was asking that is just because you know how challenging the, the economic environment is in Zimbabwe to produce anything. And obviously, uh, as a new new entrant to the market, you, it's something you're also looking at. That's the reason I was just asking if these uh, corporations are still there. And obviously, you're sort of... <laughs> well, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I like that question. It's a very good question. Yeah. A, and I think uh, I have a better answer for you. Yeah, sure. How, how difficult is it to go to Mars? <laughs> very difficult, yeah, as we all know, yeah. <laughs> it's a huge challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it's it a is. a very is. big one. Yeah. Um, I, I think Elon Musk is, is advertising that he wants to take people to Mars by a certain yeah. year. And it is going to be a habitable planet. Yeah. So when you talk of challenges here on Earth, uh, the economics or economic conditions of the country are not really uh, affected. Okay. The issue now becomes how quickly does an entrepreneur adapt to those challenges? Because challenges are opportunity. Mm-hmm. And for us, uh, I'll reiterate, when the announcement is made this year, you realize that we've figured out how to work with challenges. I mean, okay. our industry is, 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 is under siege. So looking at your wheel of wheels, your Quest Motors, one of the clear challenges they have is production uh, volumes. Mm-hmm. So they have these big buildings, which you call top structures, um, that have got maybe equipment, but the product they are making there is not speaking to the market. Okay. But the product they want to make there is, is speaking to the market. If you look at the statistics in Zim, mm. about 95 plus percent of the vehicles on the road, they are not coming from the Willowville plant. Okay. They are not coming from the other plant mm. because the market requires something different. So in our view, uh, as a new company, we are coming in to figure out how to deliver vehicles to the 95% plus that oh, okay. actually are buying cars. And our approach becomes very different. Our strategy becomes different. Remember, these are the plants that were made in the 1960s and 70s. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're running on a pretty much um, old idea. So industry has changed <laughs> since that time. Yeah, a yeah. lot of things have changed. Products have also changed. The tastes of the market have changed. So I think taking that into account, you realize that 
those problems, those challenges that you're asking about, they're actually yeah. opportunities that entrepreneurs can really jump onto and make use of in this day. Okay, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's really, really insightful to know. Um, just in terms of the, the African car market as a whole, because I, when I was just doing some backstory, just reading about your brand, I've also brought to my attention there's a Ghanaian car brand and I think there's also a Nigerian brand. And do you see yourself in terms of how they've done it and what, what's the sort of difference between how you're sort of executing your brand? Mm, okay. Uh, so by definition, Mureza, uh, yeah. in, our Shona, in our Shona language, uh, it yeah. means a flag, right? Yeah. So we define ourselves as the flagship of the African automotive industry. Okay. We don't attach ourselves to any nation. And, and okay. coming back to you, say there's a Ghanaian brand, there's a Nigerian brand, there's yeah. even a Kenyan brand, there's a Ugandan brand. Okay. We don't believe that should be the position if you are okay. making a global yeah. for Africa. Our position is we are an African brand. And to prove this, we, we have our head office, yes, in South Africa. Yes, we're going to have our first plant in South Africa, but already we have started to develop our dealership network um, uh, as far out as Namibia. Um, all of these announcements will be, will be popping up soon. Uh, we have an international reach because we are partnering with people on the other side of the world. You know, okay. we, are, we are very broad in our approach. We've got an East African hub uh, that we have uh, created, uh, Uganda, Kenya, Tanzania, and Ethiopia. Um, we mm. sort of like call them the East African hub. Um, mm. we, we've got South Africa. We've got uh, Botswana now. Mm-hmm. Uh, got Zimbabwe as well. And, and working yeah. our way into Zambia and Mozambique. So we are not just centralized in one country. Mm. We are looking at a very broad picture uh, of the continent. Hence, we are very excited about the, the continental free trade agreement that's there because it, it, it plays well into our plans. And our, our, our scope of developing a product is to address the different uh, transportation challenges in all these different countries, but unifying them under one brand and, and developing different products for each terrain. Okay. Yeah, that's that's. That's very yeah insightful to that. I just wanted to ask you, just in terms of the the, the Moreza Primate itself, can you just tell us about that more about that product so we just understand what's on offer? And the second thing also, just how how you're gonna go about in terms of um, is it on finance and yeah, just the rest of if if someone wants to buy one, just talk talk to us about that process. Okay, so the Primate is our uh, market entry product. Mm. Um, This is the first uh, off-the-line product we are going to make, and and we're going to do an official product launch very soon uh, as we commission our factory uh, in South Africa. So this is initially is going to be a petrol engine vehicle. So it's got a petrol 1.5 liter and a 1.3 liter. And our target market is people who are buying the small hatchbacks in 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 the region, in the Sadak region mainly. Okay. Because we have noticed that there's people importing a lot of Honda feeds that are 12 years, 10 years old, uh, which can't be financed. So we realized if you make a, a, a vehicle for a market, you need to start with the people who are actually buying cars and what types of cars are they buying. So they're buying small hatchbacks. So our car is is, is what we call uh, a crossover, which is... Um, partially a hatchback, but also an SUV. So um, it's got good ground clearance. Uh, we've, we've, we've made uh, a lot of investment into having the suspension being very firm with African roads. So even if you are doing the Harare Bait Bridge Road with all its uh, uh, maybe bad uh, road uh, conditions, the car can survive for, for, for a considerable length of time. Um, it, it comes with different packagings, um, top of the range model, which is the one that we, we, we are normally uh, showcasing uh, mm. by our prototype, is going to be uh, automatic with cruise control, adaptive cruise control. It's got your reverse camera, Bluetooth, um, yeah. basically all, all the tech you get in the latest uh, German sedans and get it in our car uh, at a fraction of the cost. 
because um, our regional price in the whole of the Sadak region, uh, we were aiming for 13,500. And this car is going to be distributed via our dealership network. So us as Moreza, we don't sell the product directly to the market. Mm. We have got a dealership network which we are, we are activating that then retails the product on our behalf and manages the product in terms of mm -hmm. aftermarket, your service, your maintenance, etc., which I think is very important, especially on a new brand, mm -hmm. because we, we, we don't want to, to put a product out which we can't support. So our team is still quite small and we need yeah. other players, other stakeholders to also help us uh, with, with, with the maintenance of vehicles when it leaves our factory. So, so that's uh, that's the projectile with the with the primate, and the, and the theory now we have with that vehicle is it's supposed to to, to encourage people to buy brand new cars. Okay. So that's that that's the whole uh, practicalness of it. And in the region in Zimbabwe, you can't finance um, a ten-year-old vehicle, for example. The banks would not allow you to do that. So if you are now able to get a 2021 vehicle from Reza, which you can pay. A small deposit, let's say a thousand dollars, you pay a deposit. It means you're no longer investing eight thousand to lock up into a cash sale of a vehicle. You can only invest money periodically. You can pay in a in a year, in two years, in three years, depending mm -hmm. on on how you generate your income. But what's also important from our view is the social aspect. If if you're not expending eight thousand, you're only spending one thousand for a brand new car, which has got warranty and backing up. For the next five years, you can now use the other seven thousand to do the business that generates the value for you to pay for that vehicle. So, hence, we are saying it's a social transformation we're trying to encourage. Yeah. Uh, in the region, so so financing is going to be available uh, in South Africa. We have uh, uh, partnerships with West Bank, which is the the largest uh, uh, yeah. vehicle yeah. financing, yeah. and okay. and we we've got a. A business model that we, a financing model we want to take across to countries like Zimbabwe, Botswana, uh, all, all across Africa, really. So we are well poised to introduce the product with uh, different financing mechanisms and, and we listen to the people. You know? So we are going to launch our pre order sales button on our website, whereby if you are interested enough to, to, to pre order the vehicle, you can click on our website. And, and reserve uh, the vehicle for yourself so that when production starts, you already know that your car is already on, is going to be uh, maybe the first on the line or whatever. Then um, you, you're now just waiting for delivery. And, and um, we look forward to doing that between uh, this January and the end of March. Okay. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, <laughs> to seeing what you've got in store for us, yeah. So, like I did mention, um, part of this platform was also just to know about your personal growth journey, as this is the Growth Point podcast. <laughs> so, basically, uh, if you just take us back a bit, uh, we just want to know about your journey, um, your entrepreneurial journey, just your early life, where you went to school. You know, if you just take us back to your early childhood and just lead us, obviously, gradually towards where you are currently now in your career so that we just have a flavor of understanding of your journey as yeah okay yeah well um i was born uh, in harare um and then and i was living in warren park um went to school at alfred Bate primary in marbury okay and 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 i think that's where my my journey with cars really started because uh, we stayed an odd eight kilometers from 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 school, and and my dad would drive us there every day to and from. So I, I spent quite a lot of time in a car, and I was very curious from a young age um, as to what was happening. Why was there men talking in the radio? Where was they? Where was this person? You know, how does a car turn? I was very curious at a very young age, and. Uh, I think what also helped me is my dad is a mechanic, still is up to today. He's, no. he's one of my, 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 my mentors. You know, it's a comfort for me to know that even if I don't understand what's happening with the car, I've got someone I can call and say, yeah. hey, I don't know what's <laughs> happening here. So um, in terms of the automotive industry, I was homeschooled uh, with, with that from a very young age. And mm. 
I, I think I, I have a talent for, for sketching or drawing cars. Started at seven, I was drawing cars at that age. So the passion was ignited very young. Then going up to secondary school, went to one of the best schools I think I ever attended, Mavuti um, High School uh, in Nyazura. Made quite um, a, a number of friends. And I remember in those days, you know, going to boarding school, we used to carry these uh, bars of soap, um, uh, washing soap, mm. laundry. Mine would always be finished in the second week because I would carve cars out of uh, out of that soap. <laughs> so I was sculpting cars out of that, and my friends used to make fun of me. But um, I, I mean, I, I think I progressed well uh, in my educational uh, career. I was always always in the top three, um, and and and, and it, it was uh, an advantage because I never used to pay attention in class. You know, I was always drawing cars. I was always about cars. And, and at one point, I, go, I almost got expelled from school because of that. But uh, they just couldn't because I was the top student, coincidentally, at the time. So, yeah, I also was head boy at that school. Then moved on to Fletcher for my uh, advanced level, um, doing maths, physics, and chemistry. The objective was obviously to get into engineering. Then um, finished off A-level in 2006. 2007, got admitted into University of Zimbabwe. Then I think... I made one of the most critical decisions a person can make in their life to choose whether to continue uh, with your educational career or pursue your dream. Mm. And uh, allow me to pause there for a bit and yeah, uh, sure. um, reflect on my own decision, my personal decision. Mm. Yeah, when you have a passion, you know, mm. there's always something you're used to doing or wish the world tells you you must do to get to your passion. Yeah. And for me, people were encouraging me because I was good in school. They were saying, go and finish your degree so that you'll be able to make money to pursue your passion. Hmm. Uh, for me, I, I realized very early that that was not going to be the case because around that time, that's when Tesla was actually beginning to be known. I, I, I knew of Tesla in 2004. Yeah, they were formed. So... I could see that the, the industry was, was taking a very huge shift and we needed to, to participate in that. And this is someone who is coming from high school. Yeah. So I was at university for two weeks and my dad had paid school fees. <laughs> and I said to myself, okay. you know what, guys? It's been fun. Let me go to, to pursue my dream. And people didn't receive that well. point I'm trying to make is this you are forced to make a decision, a critical decision between pursuing education as a career yeah. or pursuing passion and building a career out of it. And the most weird part is in Africa, specifically in Zim, people rely on education, but they never really realize that the jobs are running out. We've yeah. got universities pumping out about 1,000 uh, students every year, but we don't have a company creating 1,000 jobs every year. So it means those people are going to be part of the problem statistic. And I decided at that point, I'm going to be that one guy who is going to be at least useful in providing a solution. And I don't think being here at education with my peers is going to be the solution to that. So um, deciding on what to do led me onto this path where I, I developed early, I got into entrepreneurship earlier. I started selling, I think I started selling cell phones, stationary computers, I think, uh, around about 2007. Mm. Then um, with a couple of guys, we decided to wear suits every day and said, we are now business people. We called ourselves <laughs> business people. And, and I remember my first office was at a, a building called Weatherby House in, what's the street name? Nelson Mandela Avenue, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, in uh, just after first street, so so we're there selling stationery and computers and stuff. Then left that part, uh, moved to another building, which is now Farnham House uh, CBZ, I think. Mm. We had a nice uh, boardroom office there, where 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 I felt like I was on top of the world, with a view of the whole city. Yeah, yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah got, got got into a perspective of realizing that the world is bigger than what we see when we're like on the ground floor when we are when we're hustling in those streets when you have a bigger view and you can see things 
mm. it, it shifts your focus right so crazy entrepreneurs were doing all sorts of deals then i found myself selling cars which was another very uh, key shift in my career i was very young i think i was 19 when i started uh, selling cars started figuring out how cars are bought from japan because people always bringing cars to my dad to fix them and i never I, at that point in time obviously the willowville plant was there my dad bought a car from willowville i think around 1992 i was very young um when when the factory was still in its glory days hmm. but as we grew older the factory was uh, was well, 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 was no longer producing at the same capacity and because of the economic crisis of 2008 things just went sideways so around 2009 there was literally very little production you know happening in the country but i could see more cars coming to be fixed and i was like but where are these cars coming from? you know and 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 i figured out oh okay there's other countries that manufacture this car mm. um because i was a bit exposed internet was now creeping into the country um and i i stayed on on the internet i think uh, 2008 2012 i was one of the most avid internet cafe people you would ever find you would <laughs> find me every internet cafe in arare they used to know me up until the point where i got my own internet um and, and i invested a lot into that research yeah. so uh getting into the selling of cars i realized that you can buy a car from japan from the uk did that quite a lot with, with a couple of my friends car sales were not even popular back then and i, I think i was amongst one of the youngest to be in that in, in that circuit of, 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 of um, the then car dealerships mm-hmm. so i because of my passion i understood cars because of the backing of of having a dad who is uh, in the okay. motoring industry yeah. already yeah. it was kind of easy for me to understand what's a good car what's not a good car and I would make quick ju- quick judgments and and probably raised a bit of capital doing that so between 2009 and 2016 I was in that industry sold about 350 cars uh, in that period yeah um and um yeah, started a car hiring company did a few other things uh, in the motoring industry then um at the time when i left um uh, zim for sa it was actually based on the fact that i had an informed decision of what type of vehicle people needed so this journey of me being a car dealer or a car entrepreneur i called myself was actually market research it was active market research yeah out of 350 cars i realized the most people the car they need the most is this type and this is the things that people need in a car so now if you go and you start to design the car that becomes very very important that's very important information and maybe the other critical thing i would mention about myself is the design skill which developed over the years from the time i was 7 years old to date where i used to sketch on paper and when i got to a certain point and owned my own laptop i i started to teach myself how to design a car online uh you using um computer aided software so that's like uh the the magical part of, of engineering yeah. and design so i got into that space uh, around 2007 and and I, i taught myself how to do that uh because that was my passion you know i always looked at these cool concept cars that uh, were produced and i said my, my hand sketches were not good enough so i wanted to have that uh, modern day skill and and i taught myself to do that so uh that's one of the major reasons why i also came to sa because i then got um a one year bursary to, yeah. to train with with solidworks okay. for, for the cad development which i'm now certified to do so that, that that's been my personal development journey entrepreneurship obviously is 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 not um an easy journey i, I participated in the 2018 tony elumelu foundation or tf program um is one of the the few nominees there at the time um that got selected so that was very enlightening and broadened my horizons in terms of metrics as well but um i think over and above that um i'm i'm just that guy who has got crazy ideas um yeah. in terms of uh, <laughs> yeah where africa should be but i i believe in being practical and making those ideas a reality if if you think of something it means you can do it you just need to figure out how 
So okay. that's that's been my journey. Really. Yeah. So which leads me on to my next question. I mean, what do you what would you say your biggest lesson as entrepreneur has been so far? And if you can care to share with people that are aspiring to perhaps follow your footsteps, perhaps in a different industry, in a different field, what's been your biggest lesson as an entrepreneur, if you can care to share with us? Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Maybe lot of lessons. You? Um, yeah, sure, go on. <laughs> I have a lot of lessons to the point whereby I'm trying to write a book. Okay. So, 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 so since lockdown, I, I, I realized there's better use of time than just sitting and, and watching the news and let yeah, exactly. uh, other people tell you what, what's happening. So I try to use my time productively. Uh, hopefully, I'll finish this book sometime soon. But um, one of the key principles I've learned is um, relationships. You know, uh, relationships are, are valuable. And, and, and I think Africa in particular doesn't realize this. What led me to be in a certain space is the relationships I've always had around me, starting from the relationships I had at home, right? Um, It's it's easy for an entrepreneur to say, I'm writing a proposal, I have this big, big idea, I want people to notice me Mm -hmm. and uh, seek for a platform, you know, which is Maybe everyone's dream. I think everyone has got ideas. Mm-hmm. But what determines that idea coming to life is the relationships you have and the ones you create, but most importantly, the ones that you keep. Because I remember as far back as 2007 when I was starting my entrepreneurship journey, the relationships I created back then are now deriving value for me now Yeah, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm doing something. So that was a very huge lesson for me and 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 when i came to south africa i, I uh, one of my friends um he is now my finance advisor uh mm. i i had never driven a car in south africa and it was a very confusing road network because of where i came from on my first research journey i just set up a few meetings i didn't know anything mm. he just came and gave me the key, the keys to his car at, at 9 p.m at night and says it's okay you can go and i'm like I don't even know where I'm going. On that day, I learned to use GPS, you know, because I, I, I knew nothing of where I was. And, and you know, you're scared you're in, in a different country. But that's a relationship I carried on from school. You know, we're, at, we're in school together. He moved to South Africa. He was here before me. He told me of what was happening. And I said, no, I'm going to come there. I'm going to see what's happening for myself. So when I raised a bit of money, came, I was driving his car around, you know, and under normal circumstances, maybe as a business person, you'd want to hire a car. Yeah. And it would, have, it would have cost you so much money. But because of the relationship, I saved on it. So yeah. um, those are the relationships maybe I'm, I'm starting with. Yeah. Then you start developing business relationships. Relationships that lead you towards attaining your goals practically. You know, uh, whether it's with suppliers, stakeholders. Of the 350 people that I have sold cars to, I can probably say a handful of them were not fruitful because we had we didn't have similar objectives. Mm-hmm. But about 95% of those relationships, those people still call me now and they're saying, we are waiting for the Mureza car because we built relationships. I didn't just oh, okay. sell vehicles to yeah. them. Yeah. I built relationships with these people and they believe in, in, a, in a product or a vehicle that I probably would give to them. So, I build relationships. That's my maybe my strongest point. Um, uh, the second thing is communication. Whether things are good or bad, there is no relationship anyway that survives without communication. Mm-hmm. If if someone gives you uh, a commitment to say, "Let's do this together," it might not be the best way of doing it at that point, but you learn how to to make that thing the best of what it is. But you need to be able to communicate. And, and, and these are things that, yes, you are taught in school, but not in the same way you use them in the business or, or, or use them in real yeah. life. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a, a classic example of, of people who end up being successful despite maybe their hindrances in the educational space. I used to, to take a combi from Warren Park to, to the CBD and back every day. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, for a certain part of my life when I'm starting my entrepreneurship journey before I had my own car. And uh, we call these people touts or, or mawindi. Yeah, yeah. They are probably the best mathematicians you ever find in the real world because they can calculate <laughs> fractions of a fraction on the go, under <laughs> pressure. Yeah. And seeing these people, they are social assets, right? Mm. But without, without them developing communication and building relationships with the people who they carry to and from, those people will not be successful. So much so that most of them, they end up owning their own fleets of taxis. Mm-hmm. And, and I looked at that and I said, but where did this guy go to learn this skill? It, it, it's born in us as people to have relationships. It's born in us as people to communicate. Mm-hmm. So um, those probably for me are the two most valuable lessons anyone should learn, whether in business or otherwise. Okay, yeah, excellent. Yeah, that's some real, some real gems here dropping for us there. <laughs> okay. And I just wanted to point out, um, leading leading on to my next question, what sort of resources have you found personally useful in your personal development or as well as your uh, business development? What resources or materials that you can signpost people that they can look up or utilize, you know, in terms of, you know? The first one, the first one is very funny. It's free. It's called the internet. Okay. <laughs> you know, the, the internet basically yeah. has got everything you are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to find a way of navigating on it. it it's this big library that's there, you know, yeah. um, learn how to code in these days by just watching some YouTube yeah, yeah, it's series. True. It's true. Yeah. You can learn because I learned to design cars. I learned the majority of the things about the automotive industry, how cars are manufactured mm-hmm. online. Um, I, I saved tons of money in yeah. terms of flying to, to go and see a factory because National Geographic would post a mega factories video about what the Ford plant is like, what this plant. So I was there sitting with my pen and paper compiling yeah. notes for yeah. those videos. That's how I began to know, oh, this robot is called that. That piece of equipment is called this. Then yeah. I would research it. And I said, okay, they're very branch in South Africa. Let me go and see them. So research uh, via the internet, I think, is one of the greatest assets depending on your category of, of what you need to do. Yeah. The, other, the second thing I think is, is um, certain platforms or initiatives like uh, the TEF, uh, Tony Alumelu Foundation Program, which is based on developing African entrepreneurs mm. uh, by, by principle of Africa capitalism, where Africa generates its own capital. Mm. So he well, can I just stop you there? Sorry, sorry to say okay. just to stop you there. What, what's this? Can you just break down? Because people that are obviously in different regions of the world want to know exactly what that initiative is. Okay. Yeah, sure. So the, the, the Tony Elumelu Foundation program um, is an um, entrepreneurship community that uh, was created by uh, Mr. Tony Elumelu. I think he's now Dr. Tony Elumelu now from okay. Nigeria. Uh, an African billionaire who decided to support African entrepreneurs who have got good ideas. So he, he disperses seed capital. You don't have to, to do anything fancy besides just develop your idea. It's a 12 week program. Uh, I, I'm part of the alumni of, 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 of that uh, particular program. So so if if people have got uh, questions that are very specific, they, they can reach me on my LinkedIn profile and I can connect them and give them the guidance to that. But uh, in, in a nutshell, it's, it's an ecosystem of entrepreneurs or of getting people with ideas and developing them into entrepreneurs that would develop Africa. And uh, the bonus of it, the bonus of it, and, and, and um, most people, I think, they will join for that bonus, but that's not the whole reason, is you, you've got a 5,000 uh, US dollar seed capital that mm-hmm. you then receive after completing the program and you don't have to pay that back. It's no. actually seed capital for you to grow your project. But there is the training program associated with it, how to develop your business plan, how to structure your idea, how yeah. to, to interact or communicate, how to develop a market, how yeah. to develop your product and your principles. 
and also networking with like-minded people, which is okay. very, very important. Yeah. Because you can have an idea and you can be that eagle amongst chickens, you know, where everyone yeah. is saying, ah, your idea will never work. I know that better than most people. But, um, yeah. you know, when, when you start interacting with people who have got a similar drive, the energy just drops off. So that ecosystem is actually very important. Okay. So is this available to only people on the continent? Forgive me if I didn't hear that clearly. Or is it an international resource that anyone can apply from wherever they are in the world? Or So, so the, the whole principle of it is the business is supposed to be operated in South Africa. Oh, sorry, in Africa. In Africa, continent. okay. That's fine. Okay, yeah. I understand. Okay. Continental business. So everyone, even yeah, even if you're in the diaspora globally and you yeah. plan on setting up a business in Africa, you stand mm. a fair chance to qualify. Okay. And, and, and I think the, 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 the registration is actually started uh, for yeah. this year. Um, I, I, I'm not too sure how it's going to work with the, the, the COVID uh, thing because they normally then have a conference uh, where everyone is, is, is going to go there physically. But last year, I know they had it online. Um, yeah. So, so uh, again, the information is there available online, where okay. you can where you can find out more details. Okay, that's excellent. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you've shared with us quite a lot. Um, is there any any specific information you'd like our guests to know? How to contact you, or any of your social media handles, or anything in particular that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, uh, well, I'm available on, I think, every social media platform. Okay. Facebook, uh, it's usually my name, Tatenda Mungofa. Yeah. But uh, nowadays, it, it, Google has simplified it for everyone. If you just Google Tatenda Mungofa, you'll find all my socials listed there. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm, hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that all of them will direct you to me. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I manage my social media platforms myself. Uh, okay. I, I think I'm one of those people who jumped onto that bandwagon very yeah. early um, yeah. because of getting access to internet uh, quite quite early in the gaming zoom. Yeah. So on LinkedIn, I think that's where my business profile is mainly concentrated. Facebook mm-hmm. is mainly for my social for my for my social life. Okay. Um, uh, but I'm also there on Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, where else am I? I don't remember. But um, I, I think those four are my, are my primary uh, uh, socials. Uh, but our, our business also uh, is the Mureza Auto Company. Mm-hmm. Um, the handles are a bit different. I think on Twitter it's at uh, CO Mureza. Yeah. Uh, as well as Instagram. Uh, Facebook is the, it's Mureza Auto Company. I think if you go onto our website, yeah. you can then dig into all those other socials and connect us and connect with us there we also have a youtube channel okay. which we which we are religiously now going to be posting um content there. even this interview should we have a video if we just yeah. want to post it there yeah yeah so i think leading on to that uh we will distribute this across all platforms video platforms as well as audio platforms um so i mean i just want to thank you to tender i mean you've shared with with, with me more than enough um, this is the very first episode. It's still work in progress. So please forgive us if the audio is not perfect, the visual is not perfect. We're going to just improve it as we go along. And um, I don't know, is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up the podcast? Uh, I think in closing, I would say uh, I'm, I'm very humbled, uh, you know, to be considered for the first episode of anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's actually a milestone on my calendar. I, I've broken a record for myself, um, and um, I, I appreciate you guys. I hope we can work together uh, as we go along. Yeah. We, as yeah. Moreza, would want to support uh, in any way we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is feasible to make sure that Growth Point TV also grows because our our ethos in our company is that we should add value where possible. Um, yeah even starting now you know so we we appreciate the initiatives uh, such as yours um, yeah the entertainment space i think is going to be transformed yeah and and, and there's there, there's more than enough opportunity for you guys to grow in your own uh, space and and for yeah. myself from my from our company 
there is a lot more to come this this year i'll just give you a bit of uh yeah, of course yeah uh, an early birds preview of of how 2021 is going to look and uh, maybe your your viewers also can get a uh, side of that so this year we are going to launch our ipo which is our initial public offering oh okay um, uh, at an exchange in south africa so you need to be on the lookout for that it's going to be very can uh, i just stop you? is that js yeah. uh, john is the jse uh, oh yeah I I, I i'll just say we are listing in south africa and and okay. and, and, and okay. because in south africa there is uh, different uh, listing platforms uh, that, that 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 exist okay. so at, at this point the, the finance team is working on that okay. then uh secondly and probably what's more exciting to people who love cars mureza is definitely going to be bringing out an electric vehicle or electric vehicles let me say okay. so the prototypes are being readied as we speak and and will be launched very very soon so people should uh keep watch on the social media and maybe one of the the best things that uh, is happening to us right now is we are realizing that with all this uh, transformation to electric vehicles we are we are going to be having our first gigafactory so the gigafactory is going to be different from the standard factories that we were aiming to do and 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 um we advise on the location of our gigafactory also very very soon wow okay sounds very exciting to tender yeah i just want to say again thank you very much for being our first guest and uh, you've really made this uh, process quite insightful and inspirational and i just want to wish you the best of luck for you and your team going forward into 2019 sorry 2021 i'm still 2019 <laughs> <laughs> 2021 yeah so best of luck and obviously we'll remain in touch and you just keep us posted we can even have a second episode on the growth point tv podcast so who knows yeah yeah all right now we look forward to the content you guys are going to be sharing okay take care all right thanks a lot thanks a lot to tinder cheers great